Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This morning, I've taken communion together. So you may be seated and the ushers will come, the hosts will come and share with you as I speak. The song says, all my life he has been faithful. All my 66 plus years so far, the Lord has been faithful. It doesn't mean I've had every prayer answered as I desire, felt no disappointments or not known difficult seasons. But it does mean God has been faithful. That is constant, firm, loyal, true-hearted, trustworthy, and even the more so on the darkest of days. God's faithfulness is not, however, limited to the few years of our human existence. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps commandment and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. That's a thousand generations, not a thousand years. That's like 20 to 30,000 years. So we can also declare the faithful mercies of God over those who follow after us. In the Old Testament, we read of God making a number of covenants. He made a covenant with Noah and Abraham, who he renamed with Abram, who he renamed Abraham. That covenant was then extended to his descendants, Isaac and Jacob. God also made a covenant with Moses and the people of Israel after the exodus from Egypt. And we read of Moses sprinkling the people with the blood of sacrificial animals as a tangible expression of that covenant. Hebrews reminds us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Also in Hebrews, referencing referencing God's promise made through the prophet Ezekiel, we read, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. As we take these elements of the bread and from the cup, we remember that when Jesus took and broke the bread, he gave his disciples at the Last Supper. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when he took the cup, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Let us pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness, your mercy, and your great faithfulness to us. We thank you, Jesus, that you laid down your life, you shed your blood, so that each of us could enter into a personal covenant with our God through your sacrifice. We pray, Lord Jesus, today as we take these elements 
that our hearts will be reminded of what you've done for us, this expression of your great faithfulness and mercy to us. Amen. Lamentations reminds us, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. The team are just going to sing that song again as we um, partake of the elements and then you're welcome to join them again. Father, we really do this morning just shout out our gratitude to You for who You are and for all that You've done in our life. Father, we thank You for Your faithfulness over year after year after year. Lord, many of us here 
Lord, we've seen that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've been there for every moment, both good and challenging. We thank you, Lord, for your grace over our life. Thank you, Lord, for leading us forward into all that lies in front of us. We say to you this morning, Lord, we surrender now. We surrender now to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, all our life you have been faithful, Lord. All my life you have been so, so Faithfulness, God. All I love you, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I have, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Father, we declare that today, not just for our past. When we look back over the years and see the way you've walked with us and worked with us. But Father, we look forward into our future and we declare today, Lord, that you will be faithful there as well. Father, for the people here right now that are facing things that seem too big or that seem like they won't shift, we declare today the name of Jesus for their life. We declare, Lord, in the name of Jesus that every mountain will have to move in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in our tomorrows as well as our yesterdays. We say our God, our God will help work with us. Our God will help us. Our God will stand for us in Jesus' name. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. You are a faithful God. Come on, declare it together today. All my life, you will be faithful, Lord. All my life. Yes, Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have been faithful. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Rhonda. Great to have her back here with us after a little while away. God bless you, Rhonda. Great to have you here. Yeah, you can give her a clap. Why not? She deserves it, that's for sure. Thank you for reminding us, though, Rhonda, of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Big shout out to all of you wherever you are. Uh, I see Gilbert and Elan Butler, Cameron's mum and dad, you're here with us from New South Wales, regularly online. Great to have you here, by the way. So good to have you with us this morning. And speaking of line, uh, online, can I have a big shout out to all the people on the Goodwin Alpha platform? 135 kilometres out in the Indian Ocean off Karatha and the whole of the kitchen because Roberto's the head chef. The whole kitchen is online with us, whether they, well, they want to be online. 
Roberto's told me that the kitchen staff say we love that Metro Church online. And I know Maria's in Indonesia and other ones all around about the place. But you're here in the building looking fabulous. So why don't you turn around to someone and say, I didn't realise how good you look. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. God bless you. Team, great to have you all with us wherever you are, up in the balcony as well, of course. Great to see your smiling faces up there. We are going to bring our giving to God. And again, I say this almost every week. I know that for almost all of us, it's online. Not all of us, by the way. I know some of you, you still love bringing your cash, uh, your offering like that to the Lord, bringing it in here. That's why we have those cash points in the balcony below. And God bless you for however it is you bring it. I believe that long before it ever lands here at Metro, it started a journey from your heart. I love the fact that here in this church, we don't kind of, we don't keep a record. You don't have to sign up for an amount like that. But I love the fact it's you saying to God, I really want to honour you. I want to bless you. Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name. Your blessing is amazing. God, you promised that you would be no man's debtor. Lord, that you don't owe us anything. You said you'd pour out a blessing such as we would not even be able to receive it. You said if we gave, abundance would come into our life. Father, I believe for that for every person, every family, every business in Jesus' name. I pray that the businesses in this church will prosper. Those, Lord, that are sowing into your kingdom will reap back into their world as well. We thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen, Amen. Pastor Bruce is going to come and share something. Did you hear about the Walk for Hope, by the way? Parts of it, yeah. I really want to know the total number of kilometres because it must be ludicrously large. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are you doing it or are you cycling for hope? Determined. Oh, yet to be determined. All right, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> so, welcome to our church news. This is where we get to tell you about all the, well, not all, but some of the fantastic stuff that's happening in the life of the church. Uh, some of it right now, and some of it after right now. Uh, youth. 
Off you go. The youth meet here every single Sunday morning. They normally hang around in the balcony upstairs, so if you don't see them down here, that's why. They're led by Daniel, and uh, they've been looking at a study on King David, doing a deep dive on David, and this morning they're looking at choices. So there's always great stuff that they're actually covering on there. So if you've got any teenagers or know about them, school-aged teenagers, let them know, bring them along every Sunday morning, and they will have a blessed time. Now, after the service this morning, of course, we've got a great cafe as per usual, but I would like to invite you to a special course that we're doing called Shape. We've been running this now for a couple of months. And really, it's a, it's an express way of finding out some of the things that are inside of your life. So if you're online, sorry, it's actually only in person at the moment. Uh, we'll have a look at what we can do for you as an online version. But uh, why don't you hang around after this morning's service? It's free. Uh, it's in the Connect Lounge, which is just directly opposite the doors here on Level 3. Or you come down if you're up in the balcony. And it'll take you around about 40, 45 minutes. And I'll lead you through that. You get a workbook. It's really just some ideas to get you thinking about the way that God has wired you. Your God shape, essentially. So that's free. And uh, I'm a little bit amused because the last time we ran this, about a month ago, we had somebody come in and do the course. They weren't planning on doing it, but they came in anyway. And they were so blown away with it. Afterwards, they pretty much literally went running around the cafe telling everyone, you have to do shape, you have to do shape. So um, they were inspired. They were incredibly touched by it. So why don't you come along and find out why they were so excited. Straight after the service uh, this morning. And we'll even give you some barista cafe coffee and some snacks to keep you going. Not that you're going to get bored at all. Hey, then tonight, we have modified versions of our PM services. So tonight, there's nothing in the building here. But what we're having is what we call Metro Life Dinners. This is where people open up their homes and invite people to gather around a meal and just connect. Um, it's a great time. It's a spiritual thing, even though it's around about food. So make sure that you are always a part of those. If you would like to host one of those, we've got a special sign-up table just out of the Connect Hub there. Go up to the table afterwards and let people know that you'd like to become a host. Now, it might be too late for tonight unless you hop on the phone, but maybe not too late. Uh, but you can host one. We have these every single month, the third Sunday of every Sunday night. But if you'd like to actually attend one of those dinners and you've not been invited to one yet because obviously you might not know everybody in the church, then we also have one here in the building tonight and I'm going to be hosting that one. So it would be my pleasure to host you for that one. We're providing uh, gourmet pizzas, some salads. If you're coming along, we'd say bring along a dessert to share. But if you are wanting to come along tonight, we need to know because we're organising the food. So again, there's a table just out of the Connect Hub. Let them know if you'd like to attend the Metro Life Dinner, the one that's here at the building, and that is at 5pm. So it would be my pleasure to have you join me and others. And as Pastor Jeff just mentioned, uh, we've got a fantastic initiative running at the moment called uh, Walk for Hope. It's about fundraising, some funds for hope, which is our ministry to the community and those people that need it. So a lot of people started this and finished this yesterday, but it's not too late. You've actually got until this coming Friday to be a part of Walk for Hope. Now, there's a couple of courses you can do. You can walk anywhere between 5, 10 and 20 kilometres. Choice is yours. You can walk it yourself. You can sponsor somebody to walk it, or you can just actually give a cash donation to the Ministry of Hope. Whichever way, it'd be a great way for you to be a part of that. Head on over to the Hope website, which is hopeinc.com.au or go to the Metro Church website, metrochurch.org.au and you'll find links to the Hope website and then you'll find information on there for Walk for Hope. Fantastic. Pastor Steph, back to you. Thank you, Bruce. Well, look, he gets applause for that. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Great. Thank you, Nikki. 
Good to see you. Here's someone saying, hi from the bush. I've got connectivity. That's fantastic. Well done, Joe. God bless you all. Speaking of people that are a part of our church family, though, we really do want to give our love to Teaser, Pierre, uh, Michael, I think is here somewhere, rather, you and your whole family. Uh, right at the back there, thank you. Uh, Teaser's mum went to be with the Lord last Sunday morning, I think, or Monday morning, and uh, so she's flown back to Trinidad, which is a three-hour, three-three-hour, three-day journey. And uh, so we just give our love to her. I'm sure she'll be online with us while she's away, but there you go. So God bless her and God bless all of you. Thank you for all the love you give to one another. I think one of the most exciting things for me as a pastor, or some with the title of pastor anyway, in the sense that is that I see so much pastoring being done by so many people right throughout the life of this church, people visiting, caring for one another, uh, people like Chris and Di Brittenden who just continually reaching out to people, going visiting people, and lots more, Sebastiana, Rashida. There's just so many where they don't actually have a job description for it. I think it's just the church caring. And I just think what a wonderful thing that is to be a part of. You know, we get to belong to something far more than an organisation with a constitution. We get to be a part of a family of God. And I think that's a great joy. Speaking of the family of God, though, uh, we have been spending time over the last couple of weeks with what we here at Metro call Destiny Offering. Uh, that's where we pray for a few weeks saying to the Lord, what would you like us to commit over and above our regular giving so that the vision of this church can actually go forward and do more than what otherwise we'd be able to do? And so we've been doing that. Today, I'm just going to give you a progress total. It's not the final one because I know some people are still praying. I've had people say to me, have I missed out? Is it closed? I go, no, you can still be a part of it. Go to the website, go to the app, or you can use one of the physical forms. Get that at the Connect Hub as well. Fill that in, drop it in the receptacle there marked offering. And we'll include you in a couple of weeks' time. We'll give you another update of where we're up to. But this is over and above our regular giving. And then it's over the next year. You bring it in as the Lord provides that for you. And I just think what an amazingly generous church you all are. And uh, I'm going to give you, there it is there. There's the, the slide out of the video we did for that. I think that'll still be up on the website if you want to view it. But are you ready? I'll, I'll give you a little drum roll. Ready? Here's the progress total. Here's what you have committed so far. There you go. Come on, that's an awesome amount. Wow. Uh, that's, actually gone up, that's actually gone up since Friday when, when I last got the, uh, the figures. So uh, that just continues to rise. And so if you haven't yet been a part of it, why don't you? And uh, I just know there's some very exciting things that are in the pipeline. I wish they were ready for us to be able to share them with you now, but they're not. But I think as a church, you're going to be thoroughly blessed at seeing the way we are as a church saying, God, we're up for whatever you have for us. All right, let's go together to the scripture this morning. Acts chapter 10, verse 9. Acts 10 verse 9 says this, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter, that's Peter the Apostle, went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and he wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners. 
descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. He's referring to Jewish dietary laws because in that sheet were all these animals that were forbidden to him as a believing Jew. And so he says, not so, Lord, I've never done that. And the voice spoke to him again the second time and said, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. This morning, I want to speak to you about God's interruptions to your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You today that You are in this service, that the Holy Spirit has organised today, whether we're online or in the building, whether maybe in days to come we are a part of this service later on. God, You know and You are there to speak to our life. I pray, God, that every single one of us, none of us will be so enraptured with what we know or what we've done that we'll miss what You are saying to us now. Father, we thank You for Your great grace over our life and for Your help and for Your strength and for Your leading. In Jesus' Name, we give You all the glory. Amen. To understand some of the, what the impact of what we just read is about, you need to know some of the timeline of what's gone on before. You will remember, most of us at any rate, that Jesus called these 12 disciples, three and a half years, travels with them, trains them. Then He is crucified, put in a tomb, resurrected. Then for the next 40 days, He appears to them and says to them, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high, until the Holy Spirit comes to your life. They go into a place we now call the upper room and there they waited for 10 days, 50 days in all. What started on the day of, uh, on the feast of the Passover, 50 days later was the feast of Pentecost. There was a plan. It was not random. 40 days plus 10 makes the 50. And in Acts chapter 2, we read on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls on these people that have already seen amazing things happen. But now the Holy Spirit comes and not only is, is with them, now He's in them. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and tremendous power. And the church gets launched on the very first day. 3,000 people are baptised. It's a magnificent start. And then Acts chapter 3, there's persecution. And, and Acts chapter 4, Ananias and Sapphira, division from within. Ananias and Sapphira come with a, a, a carnal and ungodly agenda and try and hijack really what God is doing. In uh, Acts chapter 6, there's allegations of racism against the Grecian Jews. And so again, we see an internal wrestling in the church. Nothing that's happened is new in our world and space and time. The early church had to wrestle with the same kind of things that are there. Acts chapter 7, Stephen becomes the first martyr of the church. Acts chapter 8, out of that uh, bold stoning of Stephen, there arises great persecution and the church gets scattered all over the regions round about. Acts chapter 9, it goes up another level again. And this guy called Saul, who is one of the most noted men in all of Jewish life, 
this guy goes out with letters from the high priest and he just doesn't stop in Jerusalem. He's on his way to Damascus. He's going to get every believer. He's not content to drive them out of Jerusalem. He wants to go and get them wherever they are and imprison them and if he can, kill them. And he is on the way down there to do that very thing when Jesus appears to him. And Jesus appears and this guy Saul is profoundly converted to Christ. This guy Saul becomes a believer. And Acts chapter 9 verse 31 says this, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. The last part of Acts chapter 9 is a woman called Dorcas, who was, uh, I guess we would say, just a wonderful lady in the church whose gift of hospitality and generosity was a blessing to so many. And Peter goes in and this woman Dorcas is raised from the dead. And if you are Peter, and that's been your journey from the day of Pentecost and Ananias and Sapphira and all of the racism allegations and then the persecution and Stephen being killed and Saul getting converted. And then you get to this point of absolute uh, peace being all around about. I guarantee that you, like him, would have been going, wow, at long last, the pressure's off. At long last, it's time for rest. Thank God that's over. And so it's at that point that Peter gets this strange vision. Strange to him because in all the years that have gone on before this, the only people that the apostles have preached to have been Jewish. Of course, because Jesus is their Messiah. He's their Saviour. They are the chosen ones of God. And this vision challenges everything that he's ever believed about Gentiles. Maybe at that point comes back to his mind the words of Jesus when he said, other sheep have I that are not of this fold. Maybe they remember the Samaritan woman who got healed. Maybe they remember the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter got healed. People that were outside of God's chosen one, the centurion servant. And maybe that's playing away in the back of Peter's mind. But at any rate, it still hasn't shifted him with a great grace for Gentiles. He's, he's just convinced it's Jews only. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, when he goes to the house of Cornelius, this Gentile man, he said to them, you know how unlawful, imagine going to someone's house and this is what you say. You know, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, it's against the law for me to walk, even walk across your door. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not even supposed to keep company or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. The truth is that all vision, all vision is an interruption to our plans, to our perspectives and to our programs. Last week, Pastor Bruce spoke on hunger and I hope that we are all just hungry enough for God and for His purposes that we want divine interruptions, that we don't say, oh, thank God it's all going well. Thank God the pandemic is over. 
Thank God that we are now able to meet together free. Thank God life can go back to normal because it's often at that point that God will sow the seeds of a new vision in your life. It's often at that spot where all you want is for someone to say, get your breath back, take a breather. Think about this a minute. The Jewish nation would have been a couple of million people. And all of a sudden, Peter's field of endeavour has now been widened to however many billion of people there would have been on the earth at that time. All of a sudden, the size and scope of the job that lay in front of him was not how do I convert a million or so Jews uh, or a couple of million. Now it's how do I reach the entire world? But then again, does he not remember that Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But when they heard that, they heard this. They heard him saying, go into all the Jewish world and preach the gospel to every Jewish person. And now Peter has a vision that so challenges everything that he has believed up until now. I pray today that every single one of us, myself included, are up for God to challenge our plans. We are up for God to challenge and to interrupt our perspectives. We're up for God to go, you know what? You've loved this program. It's served you well. But I want to challenge you with a fresh vision for your life. I pray that every one of us that call Metro Church home, online or in the building, I pray that every one of us are somebody, regardless of age or stage of life. I pray that we are all saying, God, God, I'm up for that. I'd love it, Lord. I'd love it. If you want to interrupt, go right ahead. You've got my permission. You can come at any time, whenever you want to. Here's the second thing I want to say about vision this morning, is that a tentative yes that follows through is better than an enthusiastic yes that doesn't. I think so many people struggle or feel guilty because they go, but I don't know and I'm not sure. Can I remind you that none other than Thomas when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, Thomas says, well, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. He's only been walking with Jesus for a couple of years and he still goes, I haven't got a clue. It's okay not to know. It's certainly okay not to know everything. And it's certainly okay to wrestle. It's certainly okay to have a struggle. It's certainly okay to go, Lord, I, I, my heart says yes but my head is struggling. Look at Matthew 21, verse 28. Jesus is speaking and He says, what do you think a man had two sons? He comes to the first and says, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. I'm not going, Dad. Wrong time, wrong place. I'm busy. Forget it. But afterwards he regretted it and he went. So then he comes to the second son. He said to him, likewise, and he and said, I'll go, sir, but he didn't go. And Jesus says to these people, which of these two did the will of his father? They said to him, obviously, it's the first guy. And I think Jesus is saying to these people, it's okay to give God, listen to me, a tentative yes. It's okay to say to God, God, my heart says yes, but I, can you help me? Let me tell you that if you're giving God a tentative yes today, you're in great company. Moses told God, first up, I can't do that. 
Gideon said, I'm the wrong guy. I've got the wrong background. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Isaiah said, I'm too sinful. And yet somehow or other, every single one of them ended up going. Why? Because even though their mind struggled, their heart posture, listen to me this morning. I pray with all my heart and soul that your posture towards God is one that says, yes, even if it's a yes, but. Hello, come on. Too often we, we, we think that the only people God uses are those champions that are there and they're keen and they're, you know, and yes, and, and throwing everything aside and running the race. And I think sometimes we get that wrong because I think that sometimes what God is finding is a tentative yes. Their heart that leans towards yes, even though their mind struggled. Even in that first passage, we read Peter on the rooftop. Look at what he says. Lord, I have never done this. He doesn't say, forget it. I'm a good Jew. I don't do that. This is the devil. He says, Lord. And he acknowledges right at the start of this uh, conversation he's having with God. He's saying, you are Lord of all. And God, if you tell me I can, then I must be able to, even if I don't feel like I can. God, if you tell me to go, I must go even if I don't want to or even if it's out of my area of comfort, even if it's something. You know, can I just say to you, most people I know, myself included, live their lives on the edge of their own inadequacies. That most of us feel woefully inadequate for the job. Paul wrote about that in 2 Corinthians. He says, who's fit for this? Who can do this? Who's able? And then he goes on and says, but God has made us able ministers of the new covenant. So all visions and interruption, a tentative yes that follows through is better than an enthusiastic yes that doesn't. Here's number three, vision is never ever just for one. I think about some of this and I think how Western we've got. In so much of our Christianity, we talk about having a personal vision. I have a personal vision. I'm not sure that that phrase even appears anywhere in Scripture. It seems to me that all vision is about others. It'll often come to one like it does to Peter there, but the vision that stays at one will have very little impact. Moses' father-in-law comes to him, this great man who's up on Mount Sinai gets the Ten Commandments. He's a visitation from God. He sees God. It's just like, he's an amazing guy. All this incredible stuff that's going on. And yet his father-in-law comes to him at one point and says, you're not capable of doing all this on your own. He says, find 70 elders of the people and God comes and takes some of the spirit that's on Moses and puts it on the 70. Moses couldn't do it on his own. He needed people that would partner with him in the vision. Gideon had his 300, didn't he? Jesus, well, he certainly had his 12. But then he had 70 out as a larger group. Then he had 120 out beyond that. Peter's first step after getting a vision is, who do I partner with? How do I let this get bigger than me? Listen to me. If you are a leader of any ministry in the life of this church, you should be looking for partners for the future. You should be looking, how do I find people? Because if it stays just at you, it'll never be what it could be. It'll never achieve what God means it to achieve. 
Vision's never, ever just for one. Here's the fourth thing about vision. Vision is not about equal load, but it's about equal commitment. Not everyone's going to have the same role. You know, I look around, if you could be with us in our our gathering, our pre-service gathering, and see the lounge full of people out there. By the way, the reason the team up here don't take communion with you is because they've already done it as a team before the service. But you know, when I see all those people there and there's people making stuff happen that honestly I have no idea about. I wouldn't have the first idea. And even if they told me I'd forget it so quick, it would, it's just not my thing. So I thank God for all the people that partner and say, I'm going to carry equal load. I'm going to carry, sorry, not equal load. I'm going to carry an equal commitment. Not everyone's going to do the same job. Not everyone's going to have the same task in front of them. But I believe every one of us, I believe that's, that's one of the things I love about Destiny Offering is people saying, I'm going to make a sacrificial commitment. Amen. I love that. I love the fact that that figure ended in, what was it, 83 cents? 85 cents, was it? I love that. The numbers before it are great too, by the way. And may, they, may their tribe increase. I love that, but I love the fact that somebody, somewhere, I don't know who it was, somebody somewhere has committed 85 cents. I don't know how they worked it out. You know, maybe they kind of go, well, I can give $2.25 a week. No, that wouldn't do it either. Well, you can figure out the maths of it later. But I love the fact that somebody thought their 85 cents mattered. Amen. And I hear stories, trust me, some people will give huge amounts. Some people will give smaller ones. But it's not about the size of the load. We don't all carry the same load, but we can all carry the same passion. I pray that as a church, I do, that every one of us will be passionate about the things of God. I pray that every one of us will be an evangelist for Jesus, that we'll let people know about Jesus and the change that He's made in our life. And you might not have a platform and a pretty table and a cup of water that they put there for you and and CG behind you with its magnificent screen. Can you imagine this if I walked down the mall with this behind me? And I have the whole team saying, Your goodness is coming after, it's running after me. And I have all of that. You know, people wouldn't be drawn to that. They would think it was weird. Can you imagine me struggling to get into your workplace with the gigantic screen, with a whole creative team, and I'm trying to get them all in there because that's the way it works. But that's not the way it works. God put you where you work so that when the opportunity arises, you can speak up for Jesus. Equal commitment, not equal load. This week I have to prepare a message to share with the people at work. I'm going to speak about the book of Revelation. No, they're just going to think you're a nut. Amen. But you can prepare your story. You can prepare your story by preparing you so that when you go and someone asks you and says, I've got a problem, you can say to them, my church will pray for you. And then you can put it using the app. I use that almost every week. Somebody will say to me, I've got this problem. I go, Our church will pray for you. Here, I'll do it right now. I've never had anybody ever go, don't want that. They'll go, wow, thank you. Equal commitment. Here's number five, fifth one here. All vision requires purpose over preference, commitment over convenience, 
and others over self. Doesn't matter what your vision is. My uh, youngest daughter, our youngest daughter, and her husband, Matt, they've just had a baby. I think it's eight weeks old, is she, Rhonda? Something like that. Rhonda's just been there. And you know, they had a vision of having a child. And they never probably fully understood, put that point back up again. That all vision. Number five, all vision. The vision of a baby requires purpose over preference. I want to sleep. Honey does not want to sleep. It's 2 a.m. She doesn't wear a watch. She doesn't care. It requires commitment over convenience. Like, hello, I've just changed your nappy. And now I'll change it again. What do you mean, number three? Commitment over convenience. And all of a sudden, this other comes into your life that requires a lot more than you'd bargain for. Hello, can I get an amen from all the mothers? Huh? What about the dads? Come on, dads. You just snored while the whole thing was going on. I know, yeah. Huh? All vision. Maybe you just got a new pup and you brought the pup home. And you got a vision of you walking through and everyone going, wow, what an amazing dog. Wow, that's pretty, that's incredible. What's her name? Lola. Her name was Lola. And uh, all, all this stuff. And you bring her home and, and she wheezes on your carpet. I don't know if I can say that in church, but I just did. She wheezes on your carpet. And, you know, I remember when Candace brought Lola home, she chewed the plaster on our door frame. The plaster. I'm always amazed how many people say, God, give me a vision so long as it's convenient. God, give me a vision, but make it easy. God, I, I want a vision. Can you do it, you know, like I'm free Friday afternoon? Saturday morning, I'm really free for that, Lord. I could do that then. And he goes, no, you don't understand. All vision requires purpose over preference, commitment over convenience. Every single part of it requires others over self. That's the way vision works. Amen. This last week, the entire world has stopped to honour one woman. And whether you're a monarchist or Republican is not what I want to address. But the thing over and over again that everyone says about Queen Elizabeth is this. She served others. That's what, like even people that go, I don't even believe in the monarchy. But that woman, that woman, she was different. And we honour somebody. Why? Because regardless of what, whether you agree with it, she put purpose over preference. Commitment over convenience. Others over self. Oh yeah, but look how much money she had. Listen, you couldn't pay me enough money to do that. But you couldn't pay me enough money to do your vision. But God doesn't have to pay me any to do the vision He's called me to. Amen. Because here's point number six, the last one here. All vision is a privileged invitation. All vision. Do I have to? Is the language of duty and the language of servanthood. And can I say this? 
do I have to is the language of immaturity. Because I listen to my grandkids when their parents go, do the dishwasher. Do I have to? Well, only if you want to eat. Huh? And yet we come to God and we go, God, hello, do I have to? What do you mean a roster? What do you mean come early and do that? Do I have to? It's the language of duty. I get to is the language of vision and leadership. You can tell whether someone's got a vision by just those two things alone. Listen to their language. Listen to their language. If they talk the language of, do I have to? If they roll their eyes when another challenge comes, when another demand on their time turns up, you know that that person doesn't yet have vision. They've just got a job. But on the other hand, if they rise to it and go, I get to do this, you know, that person's got a vision. And it all begins with a heart inclined towards yes. Wondering. Hello, are you wondering? I'm still wondering about some things. I've just finished reading the book of Ezekiel. And I thought this morning as I'm journaling, I'm going, what does that even mean, that bit? I have no idea. I'll find out one day. Oh, I know somebody will tell me, well, it's the wheels within wheels represent. Yeah, whatever. I'm wondering about some things, but my heart posture says yes. Amen. Unsure, but yes. Challenged by the scope and the, and what, but still saying yes from our heart. Amen. I pray that as a church, I pray that as a church, Metro, after all these years, what if the best days of Metro are the ones just in front of us? What if the greatest vision we've ever had is not all the things we'll point to and celebrate how many years we've done them, but what if God wants to start something, do something, lead us into something? What if what God has for us will require us yet again to have a posture of yes? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Oh God, we want to say how we're not just having your goodness run after us, but we're running after you. Lord, we want to say to you today, I believe many of us, because Lord, I don't think that if you get me to speak this, it's because you have only been talking to me. I believe, Lord, you've been talking to many. There are people sitting here and a part of this online, wherever they are, And you've been leaning on them and nudging them and saying, I've got more, but I need you, yes. Then, Father, I pray today in Jesus' name, would you hear our yes, Lord? Would you hear our yes? I will sing of the goodness of God. Come on, here we go. All my life you have been faithful Come on, give God your yes this morning, come on All my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I am able I will Some of you here in this place, you need to do something that says to God, God, 
I've been stuck back here. Or maybe you've been through enough trials. You go, I'm, I'm over it. Can we just have a breather? And the Lord says, I've got more for you. Or maybe you've just been enjoying the comfort of life, where it's at right now. But you know the Holy Spirit's been nudging you, saying, come on, you might have retired, but it's time to refire as well as retire. You need God to hear your yes this morning. If that's your want, you just to stand to your feet while we sing. Hold your hands out to God and say, God, all my life you've been faithful. All my life, Lord, you've been so, so good to me. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Every breath that I am able. If you need to respond to the Holy Spirit, you stand where you are. Up in the balcony, down below, online. You respond to God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I pray right now for people that might not have started the journey they can't look back and say look what God has done because Lord they haven't begun it yet but you want to give every one of us a start you want every one of us to have a moment where we say a new life with Christ began today and it was mine Lord Jesus I thank you just like every baby has a birthday today, Lord, would you give people here in this place and online a birthday as they're born again. A new birth, a new start. The old is washed away like Rhonda spoke about. Sins taken away, guilt taken away, shame taken away, past taken away. New life begins. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now just while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here and you're in the building this morning, you say, Jeff, I want to give God my yesterday to a new start. I want to tell the Lord I'm ready to begin with Him. I want, I want to follow Him. Maybe you've walked with God and lost your way and you need to start again. That's fine, I'll include you. But if that's you, just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, would you just raise your hand so I know I'm praying for you and with you wherever you are. Just raise it wherever you are. I'm going to see it, thank you. Just wherever you are. Thank you. Anybody else just wherever you are, up in the balcony, I'll just look around for a minute. Thank you over there. I can see you over my right. Yeah, I see you. Anybody else just wherever you are, you say, Jeff, I, I need a fresh start with God. All my life, you have been faithful. That'll be your story. That'll be what you'll sing. Is there anyone else? You might be young or old. You might be used to church. Maybe you've never been before. That's all right. 
God didn't ask how your life was before you came in. He wants to tell you what it can be like as you leave. Father, I thank you for those people that have responded this morning. Those of you that said yes, would you make this your prayer? Say this, if you're online, I'll tell you in a minute how you can respond as well. But every single one of us online or in the building, make this your prayer. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. Oh, I want to start with You. Help me to live for You and with You. I want to know You. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated if you're still standing. We'll stand a minute and we'll sing that song again because it's such a great song about the faithfulness of God. If you want to say yes to Christ, if you're online or if you're in the building, by the way, all you got to do is text yes. Strange how that word keeps coming up. Y-E-S. If you text that, if you're in Australia, to 488 That number will work for you if you're in Australia. If you're outside of Australia, then there's a web address, yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you send your yes to us, or by the way, if you're on the metrochurch.online platform, the yes button is there for you right now. But if that's you, then the very next day after you do that, and we get these all hours of the day and night, if that's you, wherever you are, we will send you the next day a Bible verse fits on one screen of a smartphone, along with a prayer that we've written for you. Not because prayers have got to be written, but because we know from experience that so many people say, I don't know how to pray, will you help me? So we send you one every day, 30 days, different scripture, different prayer. You can opt out whenever you like, but I think only two people ever did. Everybody else says that's just amazing. We want to send that to you completely free. We won't spam you for anything. It's just us wanting to bless you. Send us your yes. We'd be delighted to share with you and help you follow Christ. Amen. That'd be so good in a minute. Pastor Ray is going to be taking ministry time down in the studio for the people online. Solomon and Rosalind Parthor are going to be praying with people in our prayer space. Out there deliberately set up so that they can take time to pray with people that need prayer. So you can go there for that if that's a need that you have in your life today. Pastor Bruce will be leading the shape course, etc. All the things that are going, cafe will be open, etc. But I want us to have one more minute. I want us to have one more minute to say, God, I'm saying yes to divine interruptions. Whatever they look like. If it's you, Lord. I love the way Peter had to ask him several times. Because he's going like, I don't know about this. How do I know it's God? Oh, I've done that many times. How do I know that's God? The Lord's gracious. Amen. Come on, let's stand together and sing before we go. I will sing of the goodness of God.